Hello, everyone, and welcome to the uh, March 1st edition of the of the Monday check-in. I am, or it's also uh, post-Damon trimmed his beard edition of the Monday check-in. I had decided I had to trim it because we were going to have people in the sanctuary on Sunday. That <laughs> <laughs> was actually... Uh... Just noting that I'm almost due for a trim myself, so. <laughs> so, uh, so I thought I should like trim it up so I get rid of that. Like when I put my mask, it makes like what sticks out of the mask. Like, the little wave. Little flip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I should trim it up. So uh, this is the Monday check-in. I am Damon Jensen Heitman, one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. Glad to be here with you, Damon. And glad to be with our loyal listeners. Yeah. And, and, so, our, and our disloyal listeners, too. Yeah. All I those, like them the, as much. The traitors, the saboteurs, <laughs> all of them. The goats. If you just jumped on and are hearing for this for the first time and don't consider yourself a loyal listener, still consider yourself welcome. Sure. Yeah. Some of our trade, some of our listeners are sheep and some are goats. That's just the way it is. And you will understand that reference better when we get into the scripture we're studying this morning. So <laughs> some of the people featured on the on the podcast are sheep and some are goats. That's just the way it is. Wait a second, well, <laughs> David. There's only two of us here. <laughs> we'll leave it up to our loyal listeners to discern which is which, perhaps. But only the loyal listeners are gonna make that differentiation. <laughs> yeah, not the saboteurs. They don't get to decide. <laughs> Uh, so this is the Monday check-in, and what we do is uh, we spend a little bit of time and we preview the scripture that is coming up for, for the upcoming Sunday at First Pres, and we're going to go off scripture this week, or not off scripture, uh, we're going to go off lectionary this week, and we'll say a little bit more about why as we move forward. We have a little bit of chat about that, discuss it, a little Bible study, and then we switch gears from that into some sharing life of First Pres, what's going on how folks can be involved and what folks should be aware of. So that's the plan. That's the agenda. And I think, Greg, I think it's your turn to open us with a word of prayer. I'd love to do that. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you once again. Thank you for the week that has passed. Thank you for the week that is ahead. And thank you for this moment right now. The opportunity to, uh, to spend some time digging into your word and what it means for us, the opportunity for Damon and I to share a little bit about uh, our own faith journey, uh, our own reflections on scripture, and then also a little bit about the life of the church. God, we, we see your hand in everything if we just have the eyes to see it. And so this week, I would ask that you open our eyes to the way that you are work, at work in this world and the way that you are at work in our lives. We ask all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So this coming Sunday is uh, Gifts of Women Sunday. In the, I assume this is a PCUSA wide honoring, correct? Yes. So the Presbyterian Church uh, encourages all of its churches to celebrate the gifts of women. Uh, it happens to coincide with uh, secularly Women's History Month, which is the month of March. And so uh, they invite us to think about celebrating the gifts of women. And they also uh, publish a liturgy 
published some suggested scriptures to preach on and some suggested hymns and that sort of thing. And so this is, uh, in my four years here, we have made this a tradition. I think it was a tradition prior to my arrival here. Uh, we typically try to find uh, a female preacher to fill the pulpit. And then also a lot of the women who are part of active and Presbyterian women uh, take roles in the service. They are liturgists, they read scripture uh, or have other roles and that sort of thing. So that's, that's what this Sunday will look like. That is why, as Damon mentioned earlier, we are going off lectionary and instead uh, choosing to read the scriptures that were recommended for this particular Celebrating the Gifts of Women Sunday. And they're uh, actually two of my favorite scriptures. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, so they are, they come to us from, excuse me, the 25th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. That passage will be a very familiar passage to folks. And then also from Psalm 19. So, but first from Matthew 25, verses 31 through 40. And this is, this is Jesus speaking. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come you that are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, and gave you food, or thirsty, and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you, a stranger, and welcomed you, or naked, and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you, sick, or in prison, and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. And that's uh, where that scripture reading ends for this upcoming Sunday. And then from Psalm 19, verses 7 through 10. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and drippings of the honeycomb. And those are the words of the psalmist. So, uh, Greg, what do you think that Kylie's got? <laughs> I have no idea, but I'm excited to hear. Uh, Damon said, Kylie, she's going to be the one who's preaching for us this Sunday. Uh, and we did invite her to join us, but unfortunately, she was occupied all day today and uh, was not able to do that. Uh, we've had her as a guest on the Monday check-in a few times, mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully we'll have her back as a guest again. But uh, right now, we will just speculate as to what she may have to say about these verses, or perhaps just reflect on uh, what we think about these verses. I did say that this is one of my favorite verses, um, 
And part of that is because it's so clear, it's so uh, vivid and explicit in terms of what our directions are as followers of Jesus Christ. And um, yeah, I, I'd actually uh, proposed that uh, when we were renaming the middle school annex, which is now the Peace Center, which I actually happy with that name and I think it's stuck and it seems to be getting some traction in the community and I'm excited about that. But one of my suggested proposed names, which got zero traction, was the Matthew 25 Center. Mm -hmm. And uh, my wonderful wife looked at me, goes, nobody knows what that means, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I said, but Jessica, it's, it's, it's this great verse. Said, I know that's your favorite scripture verse, but no, nobody knows. And, and she said, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to open, they might drive by and then, and then pull up their Bible app on their phone or open their Bibles and, and look for Matthew 25. And if you're not explicit about which verses you're referencing, they're going to find the parable of the 10 virgins there. And they're going to think, why <laughs> is that building named after the parable of the 10 virgins? And so um, yeah. Jessica pretty quickly shot down that idea. Uh, <laughs> I think I still added it in the mix of possible names when we did a voting with the uh, congregation, but it got like uh, one vote and that, that was mine. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it, it got a tally. So that's, that's something I suppose. But yeah, I, this, this passage is, it's, it's one of those passages that is very straightforward and very simple is not quite the, the right word. Um, cause it, it, cause it's, it's what it's asking folks to do is, is fairly complicated kind of, um, requires a certain amount of commitment, which just kind of reminds me of, of your sermon from this past Sunday. Um, you know, like these are all things that you do have to choose to do. Um, you do have to choose to feed the hungry. You do have to choose to provide clothing to those who need it. And, um, they're things that we as individuals, you know, I, sometimes we choose to do them. Sometimes we choose not to do them. Uh, it's interesting to me that that they leave off the second half of the story, uh, which is the, the interaction with the goats, uh, the people on the left hand who didn't uh, feed the hungry, did not. didn't give drink to the thirsty, did not visit the sick and the stranger. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And their question is the same as the people who did it. Like, when, when did we see you? And I never saw you in that space and didn't give you, that was somebody else. Um, it's interesting that neither the sheep or the goats really like recognize Jesus' presence in the, in others. Um, the The sheep presumably are just doing it because that's what they should be doing. It's what they've been taught to do in synagogue and around their family tables and within their communities. They, uh, it's how they've been taught to care for one another. It's just it's just part of the part of the thing. Um, so, um, yeah, and it, and it pairs really nicely with this psalm that's, you know, there's a, I think it's in Deuteronomy, maybe, where it talks about, are, are my commandments so high that you need a ladder to get them? Are they across the sea that you need a boat to reach them? And it's like, no, they're right here. They're easy. They're right in front of you. They're easy to understand. Uh, we make it maybe more complicated than it is sometimes. Yeah. And so uh, 
I will point out that uh, Psalm 19 was not selected by the Presbyterian women, but was selected by Kylie herself. Mm. Uh, so she is the one who is choosing to weave these two passages together, which I think is a brilliant move. Um, I appreciate that uh, it reiterates the points that Damon and I already made in terms of the, the clarity of the commands, right? The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The pre, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, the, this is what God commands of us. It's, it's all straightforward. You know, I, um, I quoted Mark Twain at our Monday check-in last week. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, informed on Sunday evening that I disappointed somebody who had heard me quote Mark Twain in the Monday check-in and that that quote did not make it into the sermon <laughs> that Sunday because they are a big Mark Twain fan. But I will repeat the Mark Twain quote here. I will also let our loyal listeners know it will probably not make its way into the sermon again this week. But uh, just for the sake of the Mark Twain lovers out there, um, Twain says something along this line and it's it's most people are bothered by those passages of scripture which they cannot understand but as for me I've always noticed that it's the passages of scripture which trouble me most are those which I do understand uh and frankly I think we should all be a bit troubled by this passage of scripture both uh, the Matthew 25 passage and the Psalm 19 passage because uh requires some pretty deep self-examination of have I done these things uh, when, when, when I have been presented with uh, these needs and these injustices in the world, have, have I, have I responded accordingly or have I not? And um, I think all of us can point to hopefully times and examples in our life where we have responded. But I think if we're honest with ourselves, we can probably all point to times and examples in our lives where, where we haven't. Mm -hmm. uh, responded in the way that we were called to respond. So, yeah. Oh, for sure. I think there's <clears throat> a lot of this sentiment often is gets reflected in the call to confession and the prayer of confession during our worship services, especially if we use a more um, traditional language that talks about the things that I have done and the things that I have left undone. Yep. Um, it always, to me, sort of evokes this, this passage uh, of scripture as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've always said it's one of my favorites because the, the language is clear. The call is clear. The message is clear. And, and then Psalm 19 just sort of backs that up. I will say that the, uh, the celebrating the gifts of women, uh, Sunday focuses, uh, on the Matthew passage, uh, but specifically, um, on, honoring women who work for transformative change and seek to end poverty and injustice. Uh, and I think uh, we have a congregation full of those women uh, who are doing that in small and big ways, more often than not behind the scenes, more often than not, not in big, um, uh, you know, showy ways. They just, they just buckle down and do the work that needs to get done to make sure the people are fed to make sure that people are cared for um and it's a pretty powerful witness and i think it's going to be fun to hear kylie reflect on that as well yeah i think this also pairs well with the general lenten season and general lenten re reflection and you know our passage from this past sunday was well unless i'm off on my weeks <laughs> uh you know pick up your cross deny yourself and follow me and which I always think is troubling there's 
it's my cross. <laughs> There's a cross with my name on it uh, someplace. Um, but this, this sort of sentiment of I'm either going to do these things or I'm not. Uh, and, and, and sometimes it's, it's just that simple and that frightening all, all in the same moment. I suppose. Yeah. yeah, and it's it is a lifelong journey, and that was sort of the gist of my sermon: is that we're making a lifelong commitment, which which is as significant a commitment as uh, as martyrdom, right? To say that I'm going to consistently and authentically carry my cross, deny myself, and follow Jesus, and give up my life, give up my my comforts, give up uh, you know for a lifetime is that's a that's a big commitment to, to live Matthew 25 day in and day out, right? To when you are, when you encounter hunger to feed, when you encounter thirst to offer drink, when you encounter a stranger to offer welcome. Um, was it say Isaiah passage that says that we're to, to welcome the homeless into our homes and give bread to the hungry. And yeah. Um, <laughs> is this, yeah. Is this not the fast that I desire? Correct. Yeah, and I think we incorporated that into our Ash Wednesday uh, service, mm-hmm. and so that's it's it's all all tying together. Amazing how Scripture does that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know that Kylie has um, just from conversation that I've been spending time sort of reflecting back on Ash Wednesday and on those uh, sentiments and the this general Lenten season of repentance and what that might mean for us as, as individual people of faith. So yeah, there's a lot going on in this Matthew passage. There's a lot of other questions that we could ask (laughs) of it that are interesting. Like son of man, who is the son of man? Is Jesus being self-referential here? Is he talking about someone else? It's unclear. Um, I think it's odd that the shepherd gets to sit on a kingly throne, uh, is this, is this a son of man a shepherd or a king? Which is it? Are they both? Uh, I don't know. You are always curious as to why goats are worse than sheep. Indeed. I do like goats, and I'm not as much of a fan of sheep, and so I don't know why goats get painted as the bad guys in this one. Yeah, I don't know. But so, back, to the, back to the shepherd point, Damon. I think mm-hmm. as two uh, pastors with uh, hyphenated last names, uh, okay. the motif of shepherd king, there's a hyphen between that. Yeah, uh, should be one that we can resonate with as Jensen Heitman and Alan Pickett. No, yeah, oh, I think so. So now this is tying into our Latin devotional, and and talking about false dichotomies. Um, this, these are not necessarily mutually; they don't have to be mutually exclusive uh, terms and terminology. That could well, and who's our most famous? Who's our most famous shepherd king from the Old Testament? Oh, I assume David. Right. Right? He was a young shepherd and the whole David and Goliath thing. And what was his one weapon? It was his weapon that he used to protect his sheep from the wolves. And he knocks Goliath out with that same weapon uh, and eventually arises to, to the level of king. But um, I would hope that his experiences as a shepherd never left him. The notion of protecting and I mean, he has some bumpy roads there as a king, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. False dichotomies. So let's, uh, I think this is a, a good transition then perhaps uh, to move into yeah. talking a bit about our Lenten uh, journey together, particularly our Lenten devotional guide, which of course I keep a copy right by my computer to share with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that they may all be one, the first stitches. Uh, if you have not started reading the Lenten devotional guide, which we sent to every household, it's not too late. You can still join us in this Lenten journey. Um, we do recognize that the guide kind of builds upon itself. So if you're, if you receive that mail and it got stashed away in a stack and you're hearing us now and you're going to go pull it out of the stack, uh, just start from the beginning and uh, give yourself a little bit of time to reflect on each day. It's not something you read through like a novel, uh, but spend some time reflecting and get caught up to where we are here on uh, March 1st. Uh, and and the, the theme, yeah, uh, Christian unity and uh, focusing on our need to, to avoid these false dichotomies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's not, um, you know, a person could pretty easily cover like, two days in a day, if they, you know, and, and still give themselves enough time to be reflective and spend time in, in thought and prayer and meditation on it. If you read one day in the morning and then one day in the evening or whatever times uh, work best for you. So, uh, and I've been getting uh, a good amount of really positive feedback from people. They're um, finding it meaningful, enjoying reading through it and spending time in, in reflection. And it, it, it asks us, it encourages us to spend time in reflection um, on focused on ourselves uh, and focused on the world around us and how we perceive others and how we sort of perceive ourselves in relationship with others. So it's not, it's not too late. It's never too late for now uh, to quote 30 rock. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and uh, I will point out too, we have discussion groups that go along with this. Uh, and again, if you have not joined the discussion group up till this point, that's okay. You're still welcome to join. We have those meeting on uh, Friday mornings at 8 a.m. On Sunday afternoons at noon and on Tuesdays at noon. Uh, you're welcome to join any of those, uh, either via Zoom or in person. Uh, just let us know. We can send you the link to Zoom or come on down to the church and join us in person. We will, of course, be uh, respecting social distancing and asking you to wear face masks, but uh, a chance to gather with your family, either virtually or in person with your family of faith and, uh, and walk through this Lenten journey together. So we hope you will be able to join us for that. Yeah. Uh, I can share... Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, another thing that uh, is happening on Sunday mornings uh, forum is, is underway. Dan, Dr. Dan Deffenbaugh is in the midst of leading a six-part series, but again, folks could join in really at any time. It would be just fine on the Eisenheim altarpiece and the various uh, biblical characters depicted in, in this uh, it's not a triptych. It's more than a triptych. It's a polytych um, or something. But anyway, I'm, I'm learning. I think there are actually seven scenes. He's not going to cover all seven. No, I th no, there's, I don't know. No, he's not covering. He's just focused on, there's one depiction of the crucifixion, uh, which is what would be on display during the season of Lent for folks who came um, to the to the convent, to the monastery. Yeah, um, this this altarpiece is cool because it has these shelves that fold out depending upon what season you're in, right? Mm -hmm. and, yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so there's, a, there's an image for Lent. There's an image for ordinary time. Uh, or maybe it might have just been closed during ordinary time. Uh, there's an image for Advent. 
um, and uh, something else. But uh, so, but in this crucifixion scene, uh, there's various biblical characters obviously depicted in it, uh, and they're there for different reasons. Uh, some kind of purely theological reasons, some scriptural and theological reasons. So this past Sunday, I talked about John the Baptist, who is depicted in this crucifixion scene, though John the Baptist was not present uh, at any of the crucifixion scenes uh, depicted in the, in the biblical narratives. Uh, and, and now he's going to, I think this week, switch over to, I think, one of the Marys, uh, maybe, um, so if folks are curious about that, that's, those are being done via Zoom exclusively at this point. Yes, Greg? I just, it occurs to me that this is kind of like the, the previous iteration of screens in the sanctuary, right? These, these are yes. the PowerPoints for the particular liturgical seasons that are available for people to look at and reflect on visually as they're hearing the pastor preach about these particular things. Yes, yes. And this is like Middle Ages, uh, late Middle Ages. Um, the vast majority of the population was illiterate and would have gone to worship services conducted in a language that they didn't speak. Uh, worship services would have been conducted in Latin uh, and they would have spoken German. Um, and, and so this Eisenheim altarpiece and other artistic representations, yeah, were a main way for folks to learn and remember uh, the story and also the theological interpretations associated with, uh, with the characters. So, uh, so if folks want to join in on that, they are entirely welcome to. We also are recording those and posting them to YouTube. So uh, if folks want to check out the past couple, they can do that there. Yes. Uh, Worship. Let's uh, let's talk about worship. Uh, we restarted in-person worship this past Sunday, yesterday, and um, I mean, all reports are that it went pretty well. So, uh, session had suggested that we use a reservation system to make sure that we're able to manage the number of people that are coming uh, to ensure for social distancing. So we did. Uh, we received approximately 100 reservations, and we had approximately 100 people at worship. Uh, it was 45 family units and um, it went well. And so we're going to do that again this week uh, with the reservation system. We'll be posting the link so people can uh, register. And also uh, if you would, if you can't find the link or just uh, don't know how to make it work, then you're welcome to call the church office and we will get your registration down. We're excited. Um, and we had a hundred people in there and we definitely had space for more. Uh, we, we only had one family up in the balcony and we didn't have any overflow in the memorial room. So, uh, if a few more folks, uh, were holding back to make sure there was space for others, or we're holding back to kind of see how this all worked out, we invite you to come join us on Sunday. Uh, as you've heard, Kylie will be preaching and celebrating the gifts of women Sunday. Damon and I are excited to be there and help support that service as well. So uh, we hope to see you. And yeah. we're gonna continue uh, this system at least through the end of March as we continue to watch the COVID numbers and, and try to ensure for social distancing. There, uh, we do have, uh, we shared on Sunday that our Easter service uh, is going to be at the Hastings College Basketball Arena, the Lynn Farrell Basketball Arena. That will provide enough space for our entire church family to be gathered together and still provide for social distancing. Uh, 
and we will all be able to, uh, we'll also have a choir and we'll have brass for that. And so uh, do mark your calendars for uh, Sunday, April the 4th. And please plan on joining us for Easter Sunday, where we can all gather together as a family of faith for the first time since, uh, well, since celebrating the Gifts of Women Sunday last year when uh, Mary Jorgensen was our guest preacher. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I think we should also say that we are, we kind of have a plan for Easter. We don't kind of have a plan. We have a plan for Easter. And we are in the midst of sort of sorting out a plan for Holy Week services as well. Um, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, um, prayer vigil, what we think that those things might look like this year. So, um, so th we are working on those and we'll be sharing more information in, over the next couple of weeks about sort of what we think that those will look like and, and how we'll handle those, whether they'll be in person or online or pre-recorded or whatever the case, whatever the case may be. So, so stay tuned. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, one question that I have gotten a lot about the, our, the reservation system, is there a cap? There is, uh, because of our desire to try to sort of facilitate social distancing um, we're going to try to keep it to around 100 to 120 family units. What does that mean? Well, a family unit, the average family unit size for us is about two. That means we have some families that have four, five, and six, and we have some single people. And so we end up averaging at about two. And so uh, the physical space of our sanctuary can accommodate, um, you know, about 100 to 120 family units, depending upon how big those are. So if we find that we're getting close to that cap, we will, um, or if we've exceeded that cap and you call or uh, try to make a reservation, we will immediately put you on the list for next Sunday uh, and let you know that if we have any cancellations that we will invite you to come this Sunday. So that's, that's kind of how we're managing that right now. As of right now, it's not a problem. As I mentioned, we had 100 people, 45 family units this past week. We had capacity for significantly more than that. And so uh, we'll just kind of see as people uh, start to feel more comfortable coming back to church. And uh, I do want to remind people that it, it does look a lot different uh, than church does uh, did prior to COVID. Uh, we are asking people to uh, wear face masks. We are uh, seating with social distancing so we don't get up and do the passing of the peace. And, um, and then once worship is over, we, we release by pew. And so people leave. Uh, right now, the forecast for this Sunday, though, promises to be really nice on Sunday morning or Sunday at 1130. And so you can go leave the church and socialize in the parking lot. Just don't block traffic. Uh, but there's, <laughs> you can at least greet folks and, and say hi and whatnot. Um, we're just not doing that inside the church. Um, we've got the coffee machines turned off and we're discouraging fellowship inside the church. But I think if the weather forecast holds, it'll be nice to do that. Some parking lot fellowship. Um, and that's what that looks like. That also means you may not get to sit in your normal pew. Uh, and this Sunday was a, a good test of that. Uh, and folks rolled with it very well. And they, uh, they were very flexible and very gracious. And they got to view church from a place many had never sat before. And it was you, good for them. Yeah, you may discover that uh, some other pew is actually better than the one that you always sat in. 
Are there sheep pews and goat pews, Damon? <laughs> there must be. <laughs> not, be. Not the people actually <laughs> occupying the pews, to be clear. I just mean the pews themselves. <laughs> yeah, no, there's got to be. There's, yeah, everything's a dichotomy. Everything's a binary. <laughs> All right. Was there um, and also, any- like, continuing to stay home and continuing to participate in worship from home is continues to be a, a, a very a faithful and viable option for folks. We're st- we will still live stream. We will still be on the radio. Uh, we are we are not. Things are better than they were in terms of the pandemic, but we are not yet out of the pandemic. Um, so, so th- those are these are two viable ways to participate in worship on a Sunday morning. Yes, thank you for that reminder. And I, um, yeah, from what I heard from the folks who stayed at home. Uh, there was no disruption in their service. It felt like it has for the past 49 weeks. And so that I was glad to hear that. Um, for those that came in person from what I've heard so far, well, yes, both are viable and faithful options. And we hope you will continue to join us one way or the other. And uh, we're grateful that we're able to, to restart in-person worship, but also grateful we're able to have the broadcast ministry that allows people to stay at home. And so, um, yes, thank you for that reminder, Damon. Um, anything else we really need to cover or I think we've covered all our bases this morning. All right. Uh, then I will close us with a word of prayer. Sounds good. Loving and gracious God, we continue to move through this season of Lent, the season of, uh, repentance, uh, the season when we are asked to engage in a deep examination of our own spirits of the, the ways in which we move through the world, the ways that we relate to others, the ways that we relate to ourselves, the ways that we relate to you. As we continue to engage in this season of self-reflection, grant us forgiven hearts and grant us restored hearts that we might be encouraged once more to to pick up our cross and to follow you, to seek out those moments when we might tend to your sheep, uh, tend to your flock, tend to those around us. In your gracious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. With all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.